before we get too far into the Fly Racing Podcast, thanks to the folks at Racetech. Pulp 21 is a code to save with Racetech. Uh, get your motor work done. Get suspension work done. Please just use the code. Save some money. Look after your bike, and it'll look after you. If you need some modifications done to your motor, you need some modifications done to your suspension, they can do that as well. And if you tell them uh, you're a Pulp listener, they will dial you in, man. Racetech.com, they've been in business forever, and they do great work, and that's why they've been in business forever. Racetech.com. Go to their website. Check it out. Go to the Racetech Service Center in your area. Thanks to those guys. Racetech, Racetech, Racetech. On to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Brock Sellers. Thank you for listening, man. Thank you to Fly Racing and all that they do when it comes to uh, top riders in the sport, whether it's Justin Brayton or Joey Savacci, Ansi, McElrath over there. Uh, of course, Trey Kennard, Zach Osborne wearing Fly still. Uh, they've got the Formula Helmet that they came out with a few years back, and now they've got the Formula CP. Same great safety features and same great innovations, just a little bit different price because the shell is a little different. They've got all sorts of lines of gear, whether it's the Kinetic, the Kinetic Mesh, the Evo, the Light Gear, uh, Fly Racing, man. And uh, Justin Brayton wears their Pro Zone goggle as well. So flyracing.com, go to motorsport.com to check them out or demand to see it at your local dealer. Really appreciate the folks at Fly Racing for making it happen. And also, thank you to the folks at Renthal. You know their name. You know their stuff they make. Everyone's had some Renthal product at a time or two, right? You had to have. You had to have. It's Renthal, man. 7 eighths bar, fat bar, twin wall bar, fat bar 36. Uh, and the old, uh, I said the 7 eighths already. The undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 1969, Renthal has become notorious for a relentless exception of detail and quality through their commitment to produce produce the finest products on the market today they have more championships than all the other brands combined they got chains they got bars they got grips they got sprockets uh renthal.com uh, also i use their mountain bike bars so if you're into mountain bike stuff check out renthal they got aluminum and carbon bars super cool renthal.com uh, a fraction of a second a few grams a couple of millimeters it all counts welcome to the winning world of renthal maxis tires on board with us mxsts developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by the uh, Maxxis SGB Honda team as well. Light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, dirt bike tires. If it's been a while since you've looked for a Maxxis tire on the uh, motorcycle rack for your dirt bike, uh, go back to it, man. Check it out. Again, they ride in Supercross and Motocross, so they're used at the highest levels. Maxxis.com for more information. Cobolinks and Motorsport.com on board as well, as well with us. More about them later on. And uh, get ready, man. Brock Sellers is coming up and 
great, great guy and fun to talk to. Great stories. Don't forget about the Re-Raceables podcast. It's brand new. Came out this year. Uh, Weege and I recap old races, and the feedback for this has been terrific. So if you're into this podcast stuff, check out the Re-Raceables. It has been a, a big hit, and uh, we got a surprise guest or two coming up on that show. And as well as always, once the Supercross season comes, we'll be starting up with the Pulp Mex Fantasy Show and we'll do the uh, fantasy show, which I just said again. We'll do the Moto 60 show. We've got the Privateer show. A lot of podcasts, man. 2021 has been great. Maybe the best year ever. And I appreciate all of you people listening and uh, downloading it and telling your friends. It's super, super cool. And supporting our sponsors, right? That's the main thing. You support these sponsors. You use the codes. Then these sponsors tell me, we want to give you money, Mathis, and then I can keep doing podcasts. I don't need to go get a job at Home Depot or whatever. I can keep doing podcasts. See, it's a circle of life thing. All right, enough of me talking. Time for Brock Sellards. Uh, buckle in. This one is, uh, is great, and uh, Broccoli is a hell of a guy, and I cannot believe it took me this long to do a Brock Sellards podcast. But better late than never. And now, as promised, my guest on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a man who uh, won nationals, won supercrosses, factory rider, uh, but all of that pales in comparison to what he's done off the track and all the stories that are out there. It's Brock Sellers. What's up, Broccoli? How are you, man? Hey, I can't complain. Life's been pretty good to me. Yeah, really. you a uh, former teammate of mine on a couple of teams. Uh, we got a lot to dive into, I guess. Uh, first up, though, the important stuff. Like, are you still collecting V-dubs? <laughs> you know what? I actually let go of some V-dubs. Oh, I, I can't believe it. I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realized I was more like Sanford and Son out here, so I uh you can only collect so much stuff and I you know, I got kids now so I uh I, I kept I kept some, but no, I, I'm not collecting V dubs anymore, but I do drive a V dub every day to work, a diesel Jetta wagon. Nice, okay, fantastic. Yeah, you were God, you probably spent half of your career earnings on V dub parts, Brock. I did, I did. I got I, I got some valuable old school memorabilia parts, I guess. Do you like stuff do you have stuff that's worth some money? For real? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I oh. used to I used to go to when I was out in California I got to the Pomona swap meet and yep. that was my uh my release from the the California lifestyle 'cause I you know, I'm a country boy, so if I I got to go to the swap meet where it's old school car parts and then I got a lot of uh Got a lot of it's called Dino Dinosaur parts, and okay. just like the shifter alone is probably, I'd say now it's probably worth about fifteen hundred dollars just yeah. for a the shifter shift handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a right. whole like underground community of V Dub people, right? Yep, and I got quite a bit of his stuff, and he was the best drag racer back in the day that did Volkswagens. <laughs> nice, nice. Good to hear. Uh, so you're also, you're working for WPS, Western Power Sports and Fly Racing. And from what I hear, you're doing a great job as a sales rep. Obviously, look, you're a personable guy. You know the, the industry and the parts inside and out. Uh, do you enjoy it, man? Do you like doing that? Uh, I tell everybody it's, it, I, it's the best job ever. I mean, it's, it's not even work. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, yeah, realize you know racing. You're traveling all over the country. You're living all these different places. I didn't have a lot of friends from you know yeah. my little town, you know, or from school because I left when I was the, the day I could get in a car. I left and lived with Carmichael for the winter and went right. to school with him down at Tallahassee, Leon County High School. So I traveled so much that my relationships that I have, other than sports with my kids, is 
going to the dealerships and they're basically my best friends. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. So it's, it's just, it's fun. I love it. And it obviously I'm a tinker. So I've yeah. got a jet skis. I've got the snowmobiles. I've got a Harley. I've got, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got the American, I got the metric, I got the dirt bikes. I've got, you know, everything we sell, I have. So yeah. it, it's, everything's up my alley of, of what I do. And like you said, I'm a, you know, everybody used to call me MacGyver because I always was messing with stuff out at the Honda HRC track. Right. And I, uh, I, I know, uh, I know our parts pretty good. So it's, it's yeah. easy to sell stuff that you like and you know. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's good. You've been doing that for a while too, right? In Ohio. Yeah, I think there. it's yeah. my 13th year. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you fall into something like that? How do you do that? Obviously, you're racing arena cross for a while near the end of your career. Uh, how does that come together for you? Well, I was actually riding for uh, Babbitt's Kawasaki, okay. and I had to go to Indy for uh, the Indianapolis yep. Motorcycle Show. Mm-hmm. So I went there. I had to sign autographs for Max's Tires, and I set up an appointment, believe it or not, with Parts Unlimited at the time because – I worked at a dealership. My brother was the parts manager when I was 15 years old called mm-hmm. Boulevard Cycle in Philadelphia, Ohio. So I had, you know, experience yeah. there. He was a parts manager, so and I knew the, the parts guy. Well, he was still there. I'm like, this guy's getting old. Maybe I can, you know, like take a spot, you know, when I'm done racing. So this was about four years out before I was ready to retire from racing that I went out. Well, as I'm at the Indy trade show, as crazy as it, as it is, here comes wide open Terry Basie. Just hitting it a hundred. What are you doing? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm signing autographs. He's, and, you know, he's just going a hundred miles an hour. And I'm yep. like, I said, like, yeah, and I got an interview here shortly with parts unlimited I'm, uh-huh. you know I want, i'm going to you know hopefully go to work for them and you know in the next you know yeah. three or four years he's like no you're not you're working for you're working <laughs> for me and i'm like for fly he goes no western power sports i said what's that <laughs> i didn't even know i mean i just thought fly racing was yeah <laughs> yeah you're just like oh gear yeah they sell gear right i didn't know western power sports was on the western part of you know, the United States, it hadn't made it back east. Yeah. At the time, Marshall yeah. Distributing was the only one carrying, like, the fly handlebars and uh, a little bit of the fly products, and, uh-huh. and that was it. Yeah. I mean, there was no – I never even heard of them. Mm-hmm. So he uh, – he the craziest thing, he said, I'll tell you what, you're going to work for, for us, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a territory for you. And, I, and when you're ready, you let me know. And dang, if that dude didn't keep his word for really, yeah, well, yeah, three years. That's and, cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I, I, you know, I went into the job, and instantly, it was crazy. I was still racing arena cross, so I was second in the championship. Uh, I believe Jeff Gibson was winning, and I was second uh, on the Triple Effects Kawasaki team, mm-hmm. and I went out in Fresno, and I. I think I won or got second, and I red-eyed it to Indy, and I started at Indy first day <laughs> in, like, half yeah. jet-legged, and right. they had this giant book of all these papers and all my dealers. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, you're like, oh, boy, this is <laughs> this is work. This is real work. <laughs> yeah, what's this? <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, that's pretty cool. So, like, 
I was trying to think about, like, look, you made some really good money in your racing career. You rode for good teams. You know, you won a lot of races or, or did well a lot of races. You made some good money. I imagine you're just, like, not even worried about that. That's over on the side, and, and now you're working hard. Like, no time off at all from your racing. That's that's admirable. Yeah. I, you know, I, I try to help out the racers that are out there that – that, you know, they they might live a different lifestyle than what I lived and stuff like that and try to, you know, for instance, Davey Millsaps. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my best friends, still talk to him all the time, just talked to him last week. You know, when he was with Honda and he's making all this, I mean, he made crazy money compared to what I made, yeah. but I made good money. Yeah. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm a guy that made – a fraction, a little fraction of what you made. Yep. And honestly, I'm better off than you are. <laughs> like, like, I mean, so so I'm I'm going to give you a game plan on how to get yourself out of debt. And I sat down with his wife and stuff like like that. And I said, listen, if you guys continue to have a house here, house there, yeah. house there, and yeah. you know, a rental there, and buy a new car here and a $800,000 boat here, a brand-new side-by-side, a new Harley-Davidson. and all. I said, you have all these payments that you're trying to make. I said, you need to get rid of everything. You just bought a motorhome. I said, and now this was when I was doing his contract, and he was going to uh, Rockstar Suzuki as a yeah. privateer, so yeah. he's not even factory. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'll help you with your contract, but I'm going to help you get out of you know, so you won't get in debt. Yeah. So. She she listened to me really good. Uh, she's awesome, and I they they got they started selling a bunch of stuff. I said, get everything and blanket it all together and have one payment. Take out one loan, pay one thing, yeah. and and life will get easy quick. Yep, yep, yep. So so he did, and and uh, and, and now uh, he's doing he's doing really well. So I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped with him. He he's definitely. He's definitely uh, going to be a role model for the guys coming because he's been through. A he's lot. been through all the yeah. stories. He, you know, yeah. just like my buddy, you know, Ezra Laws can, you know, or yep. uh, the Jesse Men's, where you know you have conflictions with your your parents and stuff. A lot of them's been through it. I've, you know, been through a tiny bit of it. Everybody's yep. been through there where stuff's been been crazy, and you know, it it, it happens unfortunately a lot, and hopefully. You know, we can help help some of these younger kids not make the mistakes or or lead them in the right direction. I'm just shocked that, like, you went right from racing to to, to working for WPS. No even six months off to find you're just right grinding windshield time right away. I love it, Brock. That is so you. You're straight from the race. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love it. That's that's so (laughs) you. I didn't even take 12 hours off. (laughs) 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 I didn't even get 12-hour retirement. No, uh, it was... It was uh, it was it was straight to it. So that's awesome. No, and and the, and yeah, you're doing well with that. Everyone at, at WPS and Fly tells me that. Look, Danny Smith just left the company, but he was there for a long time. Your your arch rival and your buddy Danny. It's you. It's Danny Smith. It's Cole Siebler. It's JT. Fastest company in the moto for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we- we could straight rip if we wanted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you do you ride much these days? How much do you get on a bike? Uh, I ride. I obviously ride like pit bikes a lot. Yeah. I rode quite a bit last year. I bought one of the uh, Babbitts four uh, fifties off of uh, uh, off of the Babbitts team because yeah. Fred Andrews and Joey Mowers, my cousin, yeah. and 
they're right there in Salem, right down you know the road from me, and they're one of my dealers that I call on. So bought one, love the bike, love it. Rode rode quite a bit. I even did a race. I uh, I did a. Uh, What'd you do? I did this. Uh, me and my son did it. They had it was on my bucket list. <laughs> they had the golf course that we you know when Casey Johnson and Pingree and Tedesco and everybody lived with me. This is the golf course we always went and played at. Okay. Dostal and all them. So they closed the golf course down, and they had like it's kind of like a GNCC race. Oh, nice! Uh, and that was on my bucket list, and it must have been on a lot of other people's bucket list because there was twelve hundred and some entries. Nice, which it was insane. So riding a golf course though, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, and it was like, okay, this is the monster, you know, par five, and I'm jumping up the, you know, it was it was really fun, but yep. I uh, I I got fifty bucks for turning the fastest lap time, so I was pumped on that, yeah. and I uh, I went so hard the last lap that I was nearly killing everybody because I wanted to see how far I could catch up into the pro class because I had to start three rows behind them. Yeah, yeah. And you know you're three minutes behind, so I was just wanting to see what I could do in that. Uh, 45 minute moto to see what I could. So when I came in, I'm like, holy cow, I about killed myself that whole last lap. I was completely out of control. I don't need to race. I'm going to get hurt. Yeah, really. So no, so no like vet races for you or anything like that. Like nothing like you, you wouldn't, that's not on your uh, bucket list to do vet races or whatever, like Kurt Nickel and, and the hoop and all those kind of guys. No, you know, uh, it's here's, here's what happened. So I was coaching, you know, helping with Millsap's own contracts and, and coaching. I was getting, you know, really involved with it. And I got Ezra involved with me. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time. Then I had kids. And to tell you the honest truth, I wanted two girls because I said, if I get a boy and he isn't good at something and he, and he sucks <laughs> and he's not good at sports or riding or something, I won't be able to handle it because I'm so competitive. I've got. I'm insanely competitive at everything. Well, what do I get first? A boy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. I am in so much trouble. But just so happens, you know, he's very, very athletic at everything. But he doesn't doesn't ride much. Uh, Rides for fun. Super, super ridiculous style. But unless a friend's over, there's no way. I've got 105 acres and a – I still got like a pit bike arena cross track. Still got a super cross track, and I live right across the street from Beans Bike Park, which is one of the best tracks in Ohio. But he don't want to do it. So I and and also while I was doing arena cross, you said I never had any time off during the summer. I did take the summers off. Yeah, yeah, and true. Flew airplanes and got my pilot's license. So. I got airplanes, and I have a hangar. I built a runway out of my property. So I was big into flying airplanes, and people would come. I'd take them up. I remember, jeez, uh, I, 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 I used to teach so many people how to, like, fly a little bit, you know, yeah, give yeah. them the controls up there and stuff like that. But now my hangar, I, I put all heated flooring and everything, and it's an indoor basketball court with pull-out batting cages and the whole front wow. part is a gymnastics room so for my daughter because so, uh, she's into gymnastics, my son's into basketball and baseball, and so I don't even have an airplane at, yeah. at the moment. You've got, so. you got, you got a recreational center now. 
so I quit doing the, the, the racing with, you know, going to the races, which I love because it was during the winter because you come home, Dad, I don't want you to leave anymore, you know. Yeah. I, I, it, so I I had to walk away from all that. And now deep down I love racing. I would do racing, but I'm, I don't ever want to be – selfish and take time away from my kids. If yeah. that's what they wanted to do, yeah. I would do it. If he yeah. said, hey, Dad, I want to go see you race Loretta Lenz, <laughs> I'd start training tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it yeah. hasn't happened, right. so I'm just going to do what they do and yeah, get yeah. it on a oh, track. that's good. Yeah. We do so many sports that I, I, we don't have time. Is, I don't have time to ride. I don't have time to fly. Is Broken Spokes still around? Broken Spokes still has one race a year. Oh, uh, okay. Was, we rode there at KTM there a few times. So, yeah, oh, it's it was, crazy. Yeah. The, the, the people that's been there, Bob Hanna's been right? there, Doug Henry's been there, everybody, you know, they would come back with Fred. and There are so many people who've been at Broken Spokes over the Langston, years. It's Langston, Langston, and Ping, and, and Dostal, all those guys you mentioned, right? They all rode at Broken Spokes. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, we all did. Yeah. We all did. We all now, came up. What about, what about Rosie's Pizza? <laughs> It's not still around. Hey, hey, Rosie's Pizza. Well, Pink kind of shut the doors yeah, on her. Yeah, that was an issue. Right. That was uh, the most popular article in our county, which is Tuscarawas yeah, County. Yeah. Every restaurant you went in had the article, and they had highlighted instead of, uh, uh, what, what was his saying? It was so funny. Instead of tomatoes and onions. <laughs> He said, "My toes have bunions." Or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, I went there. We, you took us there. I, oh, I, I, I ate the there. Best pizza ever, but she was something else, wasn't she? Oh yeah, I was. It was a it was a trip. I remember there was a screen door and paper plates and. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yep. It was it was crazy. But if you come to my house, you had to go eat because that's different pizza than you ever have. It's still one of the only pizzas I've ever liked. I'm weird. I don't like pizza. Right. Yeah, that is weird. But I loved Rosie's yeah. pizza. But <laughs> you great. had to be able to deal with all the, you know, the, you know, she, you know, she give you a chocolate milkshake. She do, you know, she, she had all kinds of crazy stuff yeah, that, yeah. That, that happened while she was there and you went there for entertainment. Cause you, that was the yeah. best in all it, of Pete County. It really was. It really was. Uh, Brock Sellers on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, by the way. It's brought to you by Fly Racing. And uh, Coba Links, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and the folks at Maxis. Um, let's jump in the time machine a little bit, Brock. So, obviously, I was teammates with you at FMF Honda. I was teammates with you at KTM. And we'll get to those years and talk about those teams and everything else. You finished in the top three in, uh, in points like four times. Uh, never won a title, won races, uh, right one of the very best guys at times, but just couldn't quite get that title. But here's the question I got for you, and I don't even know if I've ever asked you this when I was teammates with you, but you came out of Loretta's, you won some titles, you're a team green guy, and I remember you sort of riding for Peyton at Pro Circuit, but like not a full team member. Like, why not? What happened that you didn't walk into the Pro Circuit truck right as, right out of Loretta's when you were, you know, one of the next big things? You know, I, it was one of those things I was really bummed out because, I mean, oh, gosh, I had every freaking thing you could have. Of the, back then it was the, the split fire team. Yeah. And it was just the coolest. So that was my dream. So – a hundred percent. The reason that didn't happen every time he was involved in anything I did, we always got along. Yep. But it was Ron Heben. Ron Heben specifically 
is the reason, and I know that for a fact, that yeah. I didn't get a, a Team Green ride. Like you didn't get along or, or with Or didn't get the or, circuit like, yeah. ride. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the reason I didn't get it the second year whenever they put Nick Way on, and I didn't get that, that offer because I believe I had a lot you know, a lot better amateur career than Nick did. Mm-hmm. I think I won a lot more titles and everything. I really don't know how many he won, but, you know, I also had to go against Ricky Carmichael. Uh, but uh, it, it just didn't happen. So I was going to ride, believe it or not, uh, what was the name of that Honda team? Manchester Honda yeah. with Damon Bradshaw. Yep, yep. So I had, that was my contract. It was almost all done. Honda wanted me. You know, yeah. they they were reaching out out to me, and the FMF Honda thing happened like super like wee hours of the night, and they basically took the Manchester Honda program and said it's not going to happen. And Ping called me and said, "Hey, you want to ride for FMF Honda?" I said, "Absolutely." So Ping got me the ride. That that did done done a lot for me. I mean, I'm ever so grateful. He when I was out there riding for the, – so the pro circuit on the first year to get back to that. Yeah. I had a four-ride deal with them. Okay. So what it was is I got to do, I think, maybe two supercrosses and two outdoors underneath the semi. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is Ping was on the team, and he broke his finger, I think, and he couldn't ride. So they said – and I beat Ricky at the first round. You know, I went out. I was leading the first ever Supercross I rode. I passed Chad Pedersen. And, <laughs> and I was leading, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was hilarious because Mitch Payton said, you have to start in first. I said, Mitch, I never started in first. I don't even know how. He's like, nobody starts in second. I said, well, I do. And I pulled the whole shot. <laughs> yeah, that is odd on 125 to start in second. But, hey, if it works, yeah. it works. Well, yeah. I was also 30, 130 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it just like never clicked. Like you were just, yeah. I mean, because you had some good results. You got a fourth. You got a third. Yeah, my first drive with them. So, my seven? whole my whole game plan. Mitch said, "Okay," and and Jimmy Perry and and Bones. Okay, go out there. Don't be Ricky, but be Timmy Ferry. You got to get between them. Yeah. If you can do that. This is what we need out of you. And this is my first race. And I'll go into another quick little detail about this first race because this is the part that I couldn't stand. I go to the first race, and I have to go to an autograph signing, you know, and it's it's St. Louis. And I'm riding under pro circuit, you know. I'm I'm racing out of my box, man, as a full privateer. Ping gets hurt. They're saying, okay, we need you. You're going to fill in for Ping. We told you we would. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got to ride the bike at St. Louis. Never even rode it before, (laughs) and it was way different than what I had. The transmission was goofy. The gears were weird. Everything was super odd. So they're like, you got to go sign autographs. I'm like, sweet. And they're like, we we didn't have rental cars or anything. They're like, Rhino's going to take you. Okay. I'm like, oh, man, Ryan Hughes. Oh, you know, this is so cool. I'm like, this is like my dream, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to this autograph thing. And, I, of course, Ricky sits up front, and I sit in the back, and I'm like, oh, man, what's, you know, this is cool. And they're yeah. talking. They say something. They're going back and forth, and they said something. And I chimed in. Sorry for all you rhino lovers out there, but that prick goes, hey, 
this is an A B conversation and you're C, so you need to just see your way out of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, really. And nice. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I don't like Ryan Hughes. <laughs> Checklist. You're like, hey, I just met a cool hero. No, he's a dick. Yeah. yeah. Well, hero to zero in two seconds. Right. But he was really cool. Uh, he was a really good driver in a rental car because the dude went into a parking lot and there was two cars parked there and he, he 180'd it backwards and went into the spot. And I, really? I oh, that's, yeah, that's, could do that. that's pretty impressive. So that weekend we go out, Ricky crashes out, Rhino sucked, and I got a, my first podium. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, um, so, but hold on, let's go back a little bit. So, like, he been was Team Green guy back then, and you, yep. you're like, did you not get along with Ron? Did something happen where Ron and, and your dad and you or Marcus or somebody didn't gel with Ron and Ron told Mitch, hey, stay away from this Sellers kid? Like, do you think something like that happened? Or Ron and Marcus were per- pretty close because they were big-time Steelers fans with Bevo Forte. So okay. So pretty much you go to the races. It was them yapping. Ron liked my brother a lot more, I think, than he liked me. I think he – I honestly think Ron Heben really liked me. Oh. If he saw me, he really liked me. He just didn't believed think, yeah. 100% yeah. I was no good. Right, Plain right, and simple. Right. He just thought – like, I remember I came off of 80s – when I came off of 80s and got into 125B class. I was getting ready. He took over for Jose uh, at, at yep. Team Green. Right. Or Jose, I think that's yeah, Jose Gonzalez, yeah. Yeah, so he takes over for him, and he's like, uh, what's, like, why did he get so many bikes last year? I had a bad year that year at Loretta Lynn's because I came off of a broken arm mm-hmm. at, right before Loretta's, and uh, Carmichael and Shea Bentley smoked me. I mean, I wasn't even close to him. I got, like, third, and I was number two because I got second the year before. So I was like, man, it, was just, it wasn't my best year because – I was hurt. Yeah. But I won the year before. Uh, so he's like, man, I don't know. And he's he like kind of low, low-balled me on what I got bike-wise, that you know, <laughs> 125 and 250s and parts. And I was just like, dang, man, this new guy's tough on me. And he just – but I went to Loretta's and I, I I smoked Bogard and everybody and won it. You know, yeah. I won every class, won every moto but the last moto of the 250 class. Because I crashed in the whoops and I was too little, I couldn't get the bike off of me. <laughs> and I came from like 30 seconds behind last place, and I had to get fifth to win, and I got second. I still almost won. It was a, probably my best race in my life. Wow! Ever. Yeah, yeah, nice. So that uh, I just, I honestly just think that he just yeah. felt that I was an okay rider that I I, never, I just didn't have the potential. And even when he went to KTM, I'm like, I'm screwed. And guess what? That was my last year at KTM. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because you ran into him again, because I was there then when Ron yeah. came over. Yeah. I remember at Steel City, I was out there. I actually pulled the whole shot. I was leading. And uh, I had – was that – when you were at my house, was that when we all had food poisoning? No, I don't think Mexican so. Place? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember well, that part of it. Okay, so we all, we all got sick, and uh, I think Ping's mechanic got sick and everything, so we got food poisoning. So we're at Steel City, and I'm out, and I'm, I was leading, and me and Stuart went at it for probably the first half of the race. And I just kept, you know, running into him and trying to, you know, pay him back for taking me out at San Diego and everything else. Yeah. So, 
so we're we're at a pretty heated battle, and I ended up crashing up at the top where you go double double to the right, and uh, ended up getting a fourth. Second moto, I go out and like I pull off like second, and I was gassed. You know, the first moto because yeah. I had food poison. I had no energy. I ate one piece of bread in three days. And he even goes, you don't have any heart, bro. What do you do? I said, my forks are broke. Yeah. yeah. And he was like ripping me in, in the pits. And I said, I guarantee you my <laughs> forks are broke. The shaft broke in the front. I've done it before. I know it's broke. I'm not going to go out there and kill. And you're not going to say I don't have heart. Yeah. When my bike's broke. Well, everybody's mad, you know, and they tore it apart. I said, tear my bike apart right now. They tore it apart. Shaft will snap in half. Yeah, yeah. I could just see you sitting there being like, my forks are broke. I know they are. Most oh, I know. I, most it, riders don't know that stuff, though, right? No. Most guys don't. But you're, you're a technical, mechanical kind of guy. You know how a bike's supposed to feel. You know? I knew exactly where it was broke, what part of the shaft, everything. I yeah. knew where the thread was. I knew because I've done it yeah. before, and I'm that type of I remember riding that, uh, uh, shoot, it was in 03. I was at Bud's Creek, Maryland. I dropped off the Henry downhill. And my bike goes, I'm like, oh, crap. It's like it ran out of gas. I looked down. I said, oh, my gosh. Had to be my carburetor. Looked down. My carburetor was off. Yeah. Fell out of the boot. You know how the yeah, alcohol yeah. did that? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wiggled the sucker in, jammed it back in, started my bike up, and still got a six. <laughs> Putting the carburetor back on my bike. I like that. Weren't, and, you, wor- and, and, weren't you worried about the clamp or anything? Dude, I, I I scrubbed everything that I could with my ability to scrub, which was not that not, great, not because I knew another hard landing, my car would fall off again. So with that podium for Mitch that year, and, and you got a fourth again later on, and yep. I remember that you were filling in, were you just like, I'm not, I don't have a chance here, like I don't, I'm not gelling with Mitch, I need to find another ride, and then FMF Honda comes, but like you kind of knew that you were, that wasn't going to happen for you? The whole time? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I really thought that they saw some talent there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I finished that year, I believe, seventh in the Supercross Championship, so top ten as a as a privateer. Yep. Uh, did really well in the outdoors, you know, pretty good in the outdoors that, that year. Uh, I battled with uh, Brian Deegan. Me and him went at it every weekend. I finished <laughs> that year, I think, 18th overall. He finished 15th yeah. or something close to that. Didn't do bad, got a top ten and stuff, which Yeah. Hey, I, I mean I thought that was worthy, but you know, it's I I don't know. It's yeah. just like I said, they Ron Heben thought because I was still a team green rider that year under Ron, not under Mitch, he thought he I mean Mitch told me this personally. He yeah. goes Ron thought that Nick was the guy coming up and that year in FMF Honda, obviously, I I did really well, and I you know I I did really well the next couple of years. Yeah, I won yeah. some Supercrosses and almost won the championship. Should have, but um, got taken out by one punch, and uh, that was the end of that championship. So I I worked for FMF Honda halfway through '98. A couple of mechanics got fired. I jumped on. I jumped into work for Danny. Smith and um, of course uh, uh, Williamson was there working for you. Um, no, Williamson wasn't there working for you. It was um, uh, Turtle. Yeah, Turtle. Turtle's working for you. Hey man, those bikes weren't great, and you were putting in some good Supercross results. They weren't. They were not the fastest motor- motorcycles around. No, we, you, you know as well as I do, those things were turtles. Yeah, they were not so good. <laughs> they were. That, but what Honda did for me 
is Cliff White. Yeah, Cliff liked you. You and Cliff me. are bros. And, yeah. yeah. And and everybody's like, oh yeah, well he's got a dry sense of humor. Love Cliff White. He's one. He's one of my. He's probably my favorite team manager or one of them ever. Love the guy. Yeah. And we just got along. That guy believed in me more than anyone, and he said, listen, if you can get in the top five, because Scott Sheik went from a factory Honda guy to like an FMF Honda guy there for the first year, and he he got factory everything still, and he goes, if you can get in the top five, I'll pull some strings and get you factory suspension. So. I go to Vegas Supercross. Mm-hmm. I eat crap on the concrete dirt that they have there. Got yeah. this hematoma the size of my head hanging off of my arm, full of blood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing is just like, and it's my right hand, and I already suffer from arm pump. So I'm telling you, if you looked at the thing and jiggled it a little bit, it hurt so bad you couldn't do it. And I went out to Glen Helen, first race, and it's the roughest track. And I'm going down those mountains with Pumps freaking look like doubles, and that thing is jiggling like crazy. And I, I end up in tears and fingers swollen huge. I end up yep. getting a sick. Just don't know how. And then I go to Sacramento, which is my least favorite track at all because, you know, I'm not – that's the, the opposite of what I'm good at riding at. And I go out and I get a podium and get a third. Don't I mean it was just one of those yeah. years everything clicked. Yep. And Cliff says, Here's your suspension. After that That was it. That was it. Yeah. I ended up getting second in the championship behind, you know, Ricky that year. I beat uh my teammate was Talon Volan and it was just it was yeah. it was a good year. Yeah, the ninety eight was the first year of the team. I left yep. after that year. Ninety nine, the bikes got better. Right, yep. they got a little better. You started hitting your stride a little bit, like you said. Uh, yep. Outdoor results were a whole lot better after that. Um, and, and, but man, did did the team organization get better after '98? Because man, that first year we had Bobby Moore. Remember, Sheik didn't like him. Uh, he was not wasn't around much, and I like Bobby, but he wasn't around much. And FMF was a little disorganized. So I imagine the team got better in '99 and 2000. Yeah, it 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 got better. I think. Uh... You had people that, you know, it was the first time for everything there. So it was the first time trying to get a shop together. It was the first time, you know, trying to get, you know, motors built and testing. They didn't have a, you know, you're trying to get suspension guys in. You had Terry Varner coming in, which he had been with FMF, trying to, trying to do all his motors that he was doing for all his customers and then trying to build ours and, and trying to do pipes. I mean, there was just... So many people yeah, it was, the first year that were so scattered, but I didn't know no better. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Factory as factory could be to me. I was just glad. How about know, Manchester Honda was going to be a major step down from that? Yeah, so I'm like, this is awesome. But how about as uh, it went on? It got a lot better. How about Cliff told me like he's like we gave FMF Lamson's motor from '97 and said here's the here's Lamson's motor. This thing is you know amazing, right? Yep. Copy this. And then Varner was like, no, nah, that's no good. I'm going to do my own thing. And then Mike Hooker and Cliff were always like, and Dan Bentley was over there. They yep. were like, why don't you just do make Lamson's motor? And Varner was like, no, nah, I got more. You know, it was just a cluster that way. Uh, we were all, all over the place with motor stuff. Honda was not happy. You know, they were just like, just just use this motor. It's really good. <laughs> so Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Nah. And the thing was a turtle. Yeah, it really was. So you're you're right there. You do pretty well, and then I'm at KTM in 2000, 
working for Kelly Smith, and then now we sign Brock Sellers. You'd won it. You won races the year before. In 2000, Kelly had won at High Point, but it was in the mud, and it was a kind of a loose team. I felt like on the team, uh, Ping came over too, but to me, getting Sellers, I remember when Tom Moen told me that we signed you, I'm like, really? Like, he's really coming here? Like, Brock Sellers? Because, like, you were really good. Uh, was that just a, a big money offer? Did you have anything else? Did Honda want to put you somewhere? or how, Why did you leave Honda to come to KTM? Because we weren't the greatest team at that time. Um, <laughs> to tell you the honest truth, I had Bobby Nichols was my agent and my brother was the helper and he had the power of attorney okay. for me. I didn't want to ride there just to be straight up <laughs> okay, on all right. zero. Yeah. I wanted to, Roger kept calling me. Roger DeCosta wanted me to go to Suzuki. Factory Suzuki. Yeah, those were good bikes, too, back then, yeah? Yes, so he wanted me to go to Factory Suzuki with, I believe, at the time, it would have been Pastrana, Wyndham, and... Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, Pastrana, Wyndham. Uh, was Nick there? No, Nick wasn't there yet. But yeah. Kelly, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. I, I, maybe. I, I don't remember the other one. But I was going to go there. Now, at that time... I really wanted to get into the 250 class. I was, I didn't want to, I wanted a 250 ride. I didn't want a 125 ride. Mm-hmm. And I had some crazy good results on the 250 that year on, on the Honda. You know, I almost pulled off a, a podium at San Diego coming from 13th and uh, Damon Huffman hit me and I crashed right at the end. Or I'd, I, I, I was with McGrath the whole race through. Yep. And I should have had a podium, so I I had some really good results. So I wanted to get into the into the four or the 250 class at the time, yeah. which is 450 now. Mm-hmm. And Honda's only option would have been if I would have went with uh, Larocco on his team. Oh yeah, yep, factory connection. And yeah, the factory connection, which is would have been a good option. That would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I didn't like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I was. You know, DeCoster was one of my heroes, and I, I I loved how everywhere he went, he just made everything so good. And he's the R&D guy. Like, I yeah, am a technical is. guy, yeah, yeah. and I thought, man, if I could ever work with this guy, I could not believe, you know, I just would have the best bike ever made. That was in my head. So KTM's, like, giving me this deadline. Oh, I have to know we're going to sign somebody else, blah, blah, blah. I have to know by this week, and well, I'm over in Europe racing. My brother said, well, it was twice as much as what Suzuki was offering, or almost twice as much. Mm-hmm. And DeCoster said he would have to see if he could, you know, match it or how close he could get. But he was in Europe, and yep. until he got back, he couldn't do nothing. So I didn't want to leave you hanging, so he signed the contract. Oh, that was it. <laughs> yeah, okay. so I go home going, oh, my gosh, I, I got to, like, regroup and try to figure this out because now I'm going to ride KTM. We don't even have a test track in California or yeah, nothing. But yeah, no, they're, it they're wasn't promising great. the world, of course, but there's nothing. Yeah, and there's no there's no linkage either. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's no link. There's no nothing. I, they did bring a bike down because they're from Amherst, Ohio, so yeah. they brought one down. Tom, that's been there forever, brought a bike down in a, in a box van, and I rode it at Beans. And didn't love the suspension. Absolutely loved the motor. Yeah, the, motor's I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I came off of a Honda. Right. I went from a freaking Tomos to a crotch rocket. <laughs> so, so 
This thing was like wicked fast. I'm like, dude, this thing is like stupid fast. I can jump everything so easy. Yeah. yeah. But the suspension's not, you know, not there. Oh, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. If we have to, we'll put a linkage on it. And da, 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 da. So <laughs> it was tough. And then that year, I also, right before I did one of the stupidest things of my career I've ever done, I went and got uh, arm pump surgery from uh, a doctor that had never done it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And basically, he went in, uh, took the fascia in your arm, he just sliced it, and it went apart, and he sewed me back together and said, whoa, it, it opened up. You should be able, your muscles should be able to expand. Be, well, as soon as the swelling went down, it closed back in, and it was like I had a zipper down my arm. The thing was tight. It was like a fiddle string. This thing was in my arm, and, dude, it was brutal. And... I, I said, dude, I can't even ride. Like, yeah. I went to the first round, and I, I remember uh, Nathan Ramsey and somebody was out, Pastrana or somebody was flying, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even do anything. And I'm like, I ended up getting a fourth, and my dad's like, that's the worst I ever seen you ride. I'm like, dad, I can't hold on. <laughs> so I went back to the doctor because that's where I was living. I didn't have a chance. Yeah. And he went in and cut out a little section of that, and I came back to racing like a couple, two weeks, and I, it was seeping blood and everything else. And my arm from then on was just jacked, and then it was multiple surgeries after that the whole rest of my career and it would be okay for like a year and then after that yeah. i look at the throttle my arm would be just pumped up i i just remember being like mowing brock sellers like he's here like he's signing here like <laughs> like i can't believe it like what you know like yeah i, I was too <laughs> i'm right for Katie, are you serious do they even have a race team like, right, right, right. It was like the first year. I know. Yeah, well, 2000 was the first year. We didn't even, but until you came there, we hadn't we didn't even have a race shop. Like 01 was when we had to build the walls for the race shop. We didn't have a dyno. Remember Harry Nolte came over and built a dyno oh, yeah, for a yeah. while and But I mean, Langston was there and he almost won the damn championship, so that oh, Yeah, uh, Langston came and that dude was just unreal. So uh, Langston com if it wasn't for Langston coming to KTM, it would have been a disaster for me. But the but he was my best buddy there. We lived together. We did everything together. Mm -hmm. And he was so freaking fast. I'm like, the bike's good because look at this dude. I mean, he is like stupid fast, and he's a world champ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was, so, he was masking like a lot of like what was going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it was, he was so good. Yeah, it was uh, – it was definitely that way, and and also too, like he would ha he run a different exhaust than us than other riders. He ran yep. Harry was doing his motor differently. We were we were all kind of bitter. We're like, dude, like we get it, Langston's fast, but like, what about Sellers? What about Kelly Smith? You know, what about Ping? Like all these, you know, they just were like, hey, we're just gonna work on Langston. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was that was KTM. Um, the next year you were there too. I was gone. I was over at uh, I was working for Moto Triple X. But yeah, like you said, Heben came over. You had a, you won another race in O two, so you know some more podiums and all that. But once that's the year I went through the Epstein Bar. Oh, did you? In yeah. O two, and everybody thought my career was over. That's I, gnarly, I right? I won yep. Anaheim Supercross, and it was funny because I remember that's back when they were doing like Charlie Angels and stuff, and Ping was up in the Not Hill Club or whatever they call it. He's like. I hate you. I'm like, well, he's like, dude, you had Pamela Anderson, you have uh, Cameron Diaz, and 
all these girls screaming for you to win. Like, they just wanted you to win so bad. And he goes, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. That's Brock. Do you even know him? <laughs> but he's like, they were all going crazy when you won. And I was, I had Epstein Barr so bad, I was so sick. I won that race and never even went to the to the press conference. Really, yeah? yeah. I couldn't stay awake. Yeah, went yeah. Went to bed. It was bad, was, right? Yeah. I was out. And then the next race I went to, I was trying to do, uh, I think it was Texas, and I was hitting the, the finish line jump, and the jump started moving on me. Oh, jeez. Dude, I hit this son of a gun wide open. I'm telling you, Steve, I don't know how I lived. I flat landed this jump. Like, it could have been a triple <laughs> off of a finish line. I didn't know where I was. I was disoriented. I landed and yeah. did, did everything but knock my teeth out. My chin's bleeding and everything. I said, I'm done. I can't race. Again, he been, oh, you just don't have no heart. You got to fight through it or whatever. Well, went to Fall City. I got Epstein Barn. I got to take all this time. So he's furious at me. I'm Here's Brock again. He, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he's done. He'll never race again. Everybody's like, will he come, you know, ever come back? So I did everything Fall City said, and I came back at the, you know, it was well into outdoors. Right. And I came back at uh, Bud's Creek, Maryland, and I got a, a third in my very first race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, yeah, I, I don't know how people, you know, would say that about you. You've got consistently great results your whole career. And I don't think you can do those kind of results. You can win races by not having, quote, unquote, heart or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't get lucky and win a race. Yeah. Ask course. Ricky Carmichael or Jeannie Carmichael how many times in the millions of laps we did or motos we did that I ever quit or pulled off ever, even if I had a flat tire, even on if I had a chipped reed, which Honda's chipped the reed every time he turned the throttle. Yeah. And I would sit out there with the bike sputtering, barely making triples, casing them. I never quit one lap ever. Yeah. Like ever, it was. It's not in. It's not in my mindset to quit. It's impossible. Yeah. Unless I know there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. Uh, I hear you. Um, but you made good money at KTM. There was that. Uh, you won some races. You put the. You know. You did good things for the brand overall. Um, yep. And then Yamaha Troy after that. Now I was at Yamaha in '03. I was working for Ferry, um, so we but we worked closely with the Yamaha Troy guys. And unfortunately, '03, '04, Yamaha Troy wasn't the same anymore as it used to be. Uh, Kehoe left, and uh, Phil Alderton had some struggles. And yeah, it was kind of tough going at Yamaha Troy. It wasn't the same program. Frenchie was doing a good job, and uh, Osterman I think was there one year and all that. But yeah, it wasn't the same program. Oh three, I went out. Supercross was leading the championship. Should have won. That was my year to. If I even, you know, uh, that was my year to win. Mm-hmm. I I was really fast, really in shape, and was really good in the whoops that year. And I had no arm pump because I had just gotten off of like uh, Doctor Alexander doing my arms, and he actually did it right. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I can finally ride yeah. like. Yep. I can ride. So I was like in the mindset where I look down the line and be like, you know, you can't beat me, you can't beat me. You know, I, I, it was Mike Brown and, and Brandon Jessiman. I'm like, you guys just, in my mind, they, there's no way they could beat me. And I went out and uh, got a second at the first round. And I, uh, the, the the second round, I went to Atlanta and I huge lead and won. Yep. And I was just I like on a mission. 
Well, they sent me a set of forks, and like you said, a lot of people was leaving Yamaha Troy and a lot of things, miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a set of forks without those little extra reservoirs. You know how yeah. you had them little carbon yeah. Yeah, the carbon ble- fiber? Yeah, they were bleed off things for extra oil, yeah. 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 So my forks had too much oil on them. I hit Ricky's finish line, which was straight up and down, and the forks hydro locked on me. Just They didn't move at all ejected me down into his drainage ditch on my chest. I had ripped my bicep. I had busted my ribs. I I was so, my shoulder was uh, semi-separated. I was destroyed. (laughs) I had to go to the next Supercross, like, and, and, and try to act like I was normal. I couldn't even ride one lap. Remember coming in, Phil Howerton knew a vet. No joke, a dog vet. This dog vet comes with all this medicine. I'm like, oh my gosh, and these needles. And he's going to mix up some concoction, but he doesn't even know how how to give it to me because I'm not a canine. He doesn't even know the right dose. So, So I'm like, I can't ride. Oh, my God. I got to try this. So he freaking pulls out this needle. He's like, I don't even know where to inject it, dude. I I don't even know. (laughs) So so I'm like, oh, my gosh. Couldn't tell anybody because probably not legal. But, you know, I got Toradol. I've got freaking cortisone. I got all this. I mean, he brought the freaking... He brought me some stuff. I mean, it was it was the drug pack that you. I mean, it was everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I'm looking at Jeff Spencer. He was my riding coach. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, I'm not qualified to do that, but this guy sure as heck couldn't." So Spencer, why did Flipper think finding a vet would be a good idea? It was his buddy from school. Somehow, and this dude was like. He didn't look like a vet. He was like 320. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's got this big old bag of stuff that's just rattling. I'm rolling into the, the semi, and Spencer shoots me up with Tordal, and and yeah. I don't know what else. I don't even know. That's the only name I remember. <laughs> and I go, oh, my gosh, I can actually move. I couldn't breathe yeah. at all. Yeah. He tapes me up with this Kinesio text tape like I was like a mummy, dude. Everything was busted on me, my entire uh-huh. right side. So what do I do? I go out and get the whole shot, and I had this huge lead. And I only have like two laps to go, and Barry Carson, is. I'm lapping him, yeah. and I can't breathe at all. I'm, <laughs> I mean, dude, I can't even get an ounce of air. My head is going to explode. My heart rate's through the roof because I cannot – match the oxygen <laughs> my heart is over pumping because i can't bring in enough oxygen yeah. for my blood and that's you know what that's called anaerobic threshold and i'm telling you i max that baby out oh and my god carson i go out i cut inside him to do the triple and he cuts in front of me at the last second and i don't know what he was thinking but dude he made me eject off to the left i case the triple Knocked the wind out of me because my ribs were all busted. And I ended up falling over going around the turn. I couldn't pick my bike up, and I got a seventh with a lap and a half to go. Really? Oh. Yeah, Jesse Min won. Yeah. And then guess what the next race was? Uh, Houston? Daytona. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, imagine racing Daytona. Bad. So I go out in the heat race, 
and I beat Mike Brown straight up hurt, and I wasted everything I had on that stupid heat race. In the main event, I battled with Shea Bentley. That's the year he got a podium on on the uh, Suzuki. Yeah, on the ECC year bike or something. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and I I ended up uh, I ended up getting a fourth, and it was just a recovery process after that because I mean, but at the end of the year, I started winning everything again, and uh, that that year was just nuts. I remember. I remember going, Todd Brown had to go, <laughs> Phil Otterton was one of the funnest guys, but he was crazy. <laughs> yeah. They were going to Daytona Supercross, and I, you know, and I'm hurt, and Phil's, you know, a, a wreck, and he's getting ready, he's going down the highway, and you know you have them big cement-like dividers yeah. that kind of look like a T, they're tapered, and then they go straight up square and across the top, Yep, yep. and they divide it. He, he drives up the thing in his rental car <laughs> and blows out his wheel. So he stops in the middle of the road, like not even off. Okay, Mary, what, what road is that? I mean, yeah. like I-5 or something. Right. And he's trying to change the tire, and Todd Brown is like, we're going to die because he wouldn't get off the road. Somehow he made it through this miracle change of tires. They get to the, the race. Phil's in such a panic mode because they're so late. I didn't have a mechanic. I'm out there doing that without a mechanic. I'm out <laughs> practicing, doing everything. I don't even know where he is. And at the end of the day, we're going through the pits. And I'm like, what is running? What is yeah, that? Yeah. He never showed his car off all day. It was 110. <laughs> <laughs> it was still running. Oh, my God. Oh, that was crazy. He, he's, yeah, he was a piece of work, that's for sure. Oh. Uh, how did you adapt to four strokes? Did you like it? Did you did Loved you? It. Yeah, you got along with it right away. Coming off of two strokes forever. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, I, I like the the fact that you had so much torque and you could run a taller gear. Yeah. As I said, I did yep. second gear starts my whole career. Never did a first gear start. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were that kind of rider. Right. I was just yeah. a, a, a kind of like a Gavin Gracie. Yeah. Gavin Gracie grew up with with me. I used to. You know, teach him when he was little. He would come to my motocross schools, and he was a tall gear rider. I was a tall gear rider. I'm more of a lugger, so that that fit me really, really good. Now, there's nothing like ripping on a two-stroke and, and getting up in the power band. It just was easier for me to go fast on a four-stroke. On a four-stroke. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Brock Sellards. Good stuff from Broccoli. Thank you to the folks at Motorsport. Free shipping on anything over 79 bucks and OEM and aftermarket parts. They've got it all. Thank you to the folks at motorsport.com. Great dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out. So if you haven't tried them out and you order from somebody else, give Motorsport a shot. They'll make it right. They'll, they'll work with you. They've got great in-stock stuff as well. So motorsport.com. Go through the uh, banner on Pulpamex or pulpamexshow.com to help us out. It takes you right there. Easy to, easy to do. And then uh, we get a small slice of that. Thank you. If, you. if you do that, thank you very much. Also, thank you to Coba Links for over 25 years. They've been in business. They make the first lowering suspension link for riders of trail riders for all over the world. Uh, they got everything from Aprilia to Yamaha available, uh, used by moto guys, trail riders, adventure tours. Each one is seen seed in Idaho for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities. Get better plushness, improve your cornering, gain confidence. But having a lower center of gravity is perfect for like a shorter dude or if you're chick or your wife or whatever. Um, this really helps you out. Cobalinks.com, 15% off any link. Use the code PulpMX, Cobalinks.com. Built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. K-O-U-B-A links.com. Use the code PulpMX to save. Of course, thanks to the folks at Fly, Rental, and Maxis as well. All right. 
Back to broccoli. 03, when Troy, Ohio, your hometown race, was rained out and Langston clinched the title. How big was that party? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> you got to remember, in 03, we had, uh, you know, I, we just came off a of, it was at Kenworthy's, yeah. and that everybody came to my house because I got us in the week before to mm-hmm. go ride Kenworthy's. Mm-hmm. So we had so many semis at my house, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So that party was pretty insane. First off, we all went out. I had a couple 110s. Tedesco had a 110. Langston and... Chad Reed went to Andrews and bought all their 110s. <laughs> right. That's what they do. Right. John Lausch had a TTR 110 or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, uh, so we had one for, you know, Ping, and we had one for uh, Hanson. I, I don't remember how many people were there. Yeah. But we were there all week. You know, we went to Troy and Road and – and uh, I showed Langston every freaking line that I knew on that track because yeah. that was my favorite track. Yeah. Other than Bud's Creek, those were my two favorite, and uh-huh. I just wanted him to win so bad because yeah. yeah, you know that's my boy. And it's so, Rhino, and it's Rhino, the guy who yeah, told you the right. AB, AB conversation. Up, but yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like the AB conversation. Just you know, make the only sure guy, the only people that wanted Rhino to win was Brooks and Rhino. I think that was yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So. With with that going in, we it rained so much, and it rained at my house. So we had the Supermoto track set up at my house. And I'm telling you, I had the neighbor guy coming out screaming at me and Chad because <laughs> me and Chad were just going at it, you know. And we were in his yard peeling out mud. I mean, mud like you. We destroyed this place. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just cemented my building. Yeah. Like I had the it was a, a horse stall. I took out like all these horse stalls and cemented all of it and it was open. So we were doing indoor going on in the and cement out. flat track. Right. <laughs> and I'll never forget I took Chad out. I hit him really hard, took him out, and I thought he was gonna fight me and then he any other day, if he wasn't at my house, he probably would have. And he's just like, uh, he was super mad for a second. He was just yeah, over yeah. it. And we just went back to ride. And I was like, right. thank God, dude. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to hit him. We were just that competitive because we'd been going at it all day. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. Th- that night, well, Langston's first wife, she goes out and leaves my freezer open. I just had bought a half a cow. So a piece of meat falls out of this big, giant freezer. So she couldn't get it to stay back in there because it was completely full. So she just leaves it open. So I lose a half a cow, got blood all over my, my, uh, in my shop out there. Uh, everybody, so you think Rosie's is bad. Right. We went to this place called the Red Onion. Right, right. Okay. At the Red Onion, there was like, one one person I could make out that was even a girl. You can't tell. <laughs> can't tell back here what they are. So she had like one tooth. Yep. And Tedesco and Hanson are telling her how beautiful she is. <laughs> Dude, everybody's just partying. Next thing you know, 
them clowns got no clothes on, and they're out in the middle of 39 stopping traffic. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it was just. It's just, I've heard stories. I heard it got out of hand. That's why. Oh, I yeah. Right. And then, right. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we did all kinds of, I, I don't mind telling the stories. If them guys can't laugh about it, no, then they shouldn't fine. have done it. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember uh, uh, Langston, I have a picture of it. Now, I, I, I won't show anybody it, but <laughs> Tricia took a picture of him. He had, I think, my wife's underwear on, and... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the holes were hanging out of it to about his knees. And, dude, I was like, that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. He's a national like, how, champion. How did they hang that well? Like, what, what, what's going on here? He just won a million bucks, I guess, for the yeah, title. Yeah, but so he didn't whatever. care. He's yeah. rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got the best paycheck he ever has. So he don't care if he, you know. Right. If he, yeah. Oh, if he say anything, he probably, you know, going to teabag you with him or something. <laughs> <laughs> so... so, so Somehow they're all partying. I'm like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know, this is out of control. Right. They rip the line out of my refrigerator and flood my basement. Why did it? Why? I don't. They didn't. They were too drunk. I don't know. They couldn't. They, they right. couldn't find the door. Of my. Right. So these. So you got to realize, everybody. This was like the biggest. I mean, this was like a party that like had no limits. Everybody was right. crazy. Yeah. But my place was trash. Oh, uh, Trish was so pissed, I bet. Dude, I had mud on the walls of this brand new concrete that, like, there's probably still mud on those walls. Yeah, it yeah. was insane. My All my property around my, because I'm real hilly, mm-hmm. was just mud. There was no grass left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for, we had paintball just... wars. We all went out and bought paintballs, had paintball wars. But I'll tell you what, man, we we, we had a... That's went awesome. out with a bang. Yeah, really, right? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, the stories are out there, that's for sure. Like, it was, yeah, it was yeah. It was gnarly. It's, you know, the race was canceled, and Langston was a champion, and that's it. It's go time now. We were all champions that night. Yeah, yeah hey, really. Hey, the funniest thing, uh, one of the funny things is Ping and uh, Hanson, Hanson's down there. He goes, I'm a loser. My dad was a champion, and I'm a loser. <laughs> and and King's hugging him, going, you're not a loser, buddy. I finished second a bunch of times just like you. It's okay. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Oh, my God. Uh, they were, like, so depressed because, they, were, you yeah. know, the, yeah, the beer was, is a depressant. And they were just, like, hugging each other and 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 ping's consolidating him trying to tell him it's okay and and hanny just tears flying i'm a loser it got it got got deep there that that dude was so funny i love i love them yeah Yeah, that's Uh, awesome that's a good time absolutely um so you yeah you kept riding for yamaha troy and uh you know um got had good year in 04 fourth in the top championship but God damn, Brock, you came so close to winning one of these things. It's crazy. Came down to the last round three times on me. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that sucks that you couldn't get it done. That's for sure. Well, in, in 99, I led the championship all the way to the very last round. Tyler Evans took me out in the first turn for 500 bucks. Yeah. That's what Stefan Roncada paid him. I know that as a fact. Really? He paid him $500 to take me out. He took me out. Oh, fuck. I, didn't know that. I never heard that one. Yep. 
Nice. Thanks. Arena Cross? Arena Cross lost the championship last round. Chad Johnson paid Keith Johnson, or no, Kevin Johnson, Kevin. to not beat him. So he'd win the championship because I won by a mile. Yep. And, and he stood up the whole track and wouldn't beat him because Chad had been mm-hmm. using illegal <clears throat> gas and everything else. And they said at the, that last day, they said, if you don't pass inspection because he's never passed one of them, so Junior Jackson stayed up all night to get his bike done and, and, and change it. The thing was a turtle because the silencer was, like, too long yeah, and yeah. It, it didn't go. But that's how it goes. I mean, in the rule books, you can't pay somebody off to win a championship, but it happened to me twice. Yeah, that's that's gnarly, man, for sure. Uh, I, I had insomnia for, like, a week about it. Did you really? Yeah. Um, you know what sucks is you never got a – I mean, like you said, you rode some FMF uh, Honda 450 Supercrosses. You know, you rode some for Yamaha Troy. Never got a shot on, a, like, a great team on, in the 450 class, 250 the class back then. The te- you know? deal that I had was whenever I did the Buku team. Yep. Uh, or, or, no, Bad Boy team. Bad Boy team? What? What was that? So that was when David Billiman was on the, the Michael Holligan that had the yeah. Michael Holligan's Holmes TV yeah. show. That was Buku. Yeah, Buku. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said you said Bad Boy. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay. Oh, Bad Boy was a year after. Yeah, ah. it was Buku. Buku, Sorry. yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. got confused for a right, second. Right, so, on, on, So I did get to ride, and I'll tell you what, that was, that was a, there was not a darn thing wrong with that bike. That bike was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took over Villeman's spot after I got done that year with the arena cross because I got cheated out of a championship. You know, I came back from 38 points. I had to win every race the rest of the year. I won every one and came back to tie it up, and then yeah. that happened. So I was I, I went and rode 450, signed a huge contract with them. Huge. Was it? Better yeah. than the yeah. KTM deal. Really? Better than any contract I ever had. Wow. You know, on, on that deal, it was they they paid me, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Really good each race, like okay, just to go to the race. Yeah. I think it was like yep. five grand or something, right. and they paid for everything. So I got a five grand bonus for every race I did, and every position in the top ten was ten thousand dollars. Oh shit! Okay, so yeah. I raced three rounds with them, and made seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm sweet. like, dude, and then they like, we love you, Brock. You're like, we love testing with you. We like your, you don't. You're not whining. You're not crying. You're not making a million excuses. We're not used to this. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we want you the next year. So I moved to Texas. I go out to Addison, Texas, got uh-huh. the mechanic I wanted, and I'm, I'm like pumped. Everything's good. bunch of investors come in by Buku, and they first thing they did is pull the plug on the race team. There goes $1.9 million. And – they're like, we're sorry, yeah. we got a fold. We're done. So yeah, I went out and bought a Sprinter van, went to Heath Boss's house, go to unload my bike, strap flies off, it goes flying off my hand, a bungee cord, knocks my tooth out. <laughs> I got one, got a big old bloody tooth, so luckily, Heath knows everybody, his neighbor fixed my tooth. Uh, Holligan was nice enough to give me two bikes, uh-huh. and two sets of A-kit suspension, and I went back into doing arena crosses, but I was already had missed a couple rounds, and I still came back and was close to battling for the championship there. 
Like I, I yeah. caught up to like third in the arena cross championship, missing those rounds. Did you enjoy arena cross? Did you like doing it? Or did you feel like I, I had years yeah. that it was the funnest racing, and and it, it's just it's different. I mean, you you know at the level of okay of when you went from say your KTM days to with Timmy Ferry at Factory. Yeah. There's a whole there's another level of difference of what that is. Yeah, yeah. You know well. It was like going back because Arena Cross would be more like going back and saying, okay, going back to the Yamaha Troy team after you've been at factory. You know, it wasn't as – it was more low-key, not as much – it wasn't really any pressure, and it was just fun because, I mean, you just hang out in the pits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it wasn't like mainstream media at all. It was like you, you barely got noticed. But you you raced at a really high level. It was it yeah. was intense and it was fun. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, um, got a few more questions for you. Then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, your favorite teammate. Your favorite teammate. There's got to be if you can name more than one. But who who was your favorite teammate? I know you and Danny got along really well. Um, you know you and Ping. Uh, favorite teammate. Uh, Tedesco. It would it would have to be Ezra. Ezra, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just was with Ezra for so many years, living with him. Right. Uh it, it was just. I mean, he's a quiet person. He doesn't reach out to people. He he stays to himself. But let me tell you something. That is one of the best dang human beings you'll ever meet in your life. And he would do anything. Anytime, anywhere for me to this day, yep. I know no matter what, no matter what the question was or what I asked, if he had to walk to California for me, he would do it. Yeah. And it is yep. rare to ever find a human being well, that, and he knows I'd do it for him. And not only that, you know, he was uh, one of the best riders in the world and was a bad dude on the bike and had people kissing his ass and it didn't matter. He never really changed. You know what Never. I mean? Like he he Never. was the same dude. I I just did a podcast with him maybe a couple months ago, and uh, he was great. He was fantastic. He was awesome. You know, so um, that that's saying something for him because you know how riders can change. There's money. There's fame. Right, all that stuff gets thrown yep. at you. He never. He never changed. So no, never. Um, so my next question was, who taught you more, Yogi or Ricky? I guess it's Yogi. Uh, no way, Ricky by a mile. Oh, okay, all right, Yogi or uh, Ricky. I said Ricky. Th- Not even close. Right. Uh, because uh, I was 16 years old and used to being in in Ohio, and my dad's like, "Hey, you got to ride tonight." I go up on the hill. Luckily, I had 14, 17 acres, mm-hmm. and I had my own track, and I go up there and moto and. You know, I'd, I'd have to pretend I was racing against other kids and stuff. Just, but I loved the bike. I never – I rode a bike every day. I just loved it. When I broke my leg three times in a row, I had a cast on. I'd ride wheelies up the hill nonstop. <laughs> well, but I never knew how to really do it. When I went and and Jeannie Carmichael and Big Rick loved the man to death mm-hmm. and, and Ricky let me come into their home and live with them and be my, you know – she, you know, she she watched over with me and let me do the winter series and drug me along with them everywhere. Yep. To 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 go out and see how he did it. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, my ass was dragging. I never rode like that. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> like, it was like moto and moto, and then they sit in the corner, and she's freaking whacking me with a stick, and she, I'm roosting her. I can't even see her. I'm like, why don't you move? She goes, do it right, and we'll go home, you know? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't see the berm anymore. I need 10 times, and she, she's unbelievable. She really is. Right. Right. That's she awesome. was. She yeah. was gnarly. You cannot. She. She is the toughest woman. That, and if you if you complained, <laughs> you know we're sixteen years old. Off Ricky would go whining. Off yeah. they go on a walk. You come back and that sucker would ride like yeah a, a bat out of hell after that. I mean, it just it was. Dude, I went. I went out there in '99. We did three. Is in August. We did three twenty-minute motos. Three thirty-minute motos. Sorry. Timmy only made it two and a half before he pulled off. Ricky did all three. He got back home. His he skipped his corners and Jeannie lost it on him. And I'm like, the man just did three thirties. Yep. And she just lost it on him. And I'm like, whoa. Like, whoa. So yeah. Crazy. He got me I and I'll tell you, I made a promise to myself that for me to be better than Carmichael or ever even beat him, which I never was, but I did beat him straight up. Yep. One of eight, I think, ever without him crashing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a crazy, crazy yeah, thing yeah. to, it's, it's, to it's, think it's about. It's insane, right? You know, people beat him crashing, but not many people beat him not crashing. You know, so but to go there and and be able to live the lifestyle and learn from them and to see what he did, I made myself a promise. I was going to do everything he did and more, and. And I tried to do more, but you just didn't have enough energy. Yeah, I could do it. Right. Like, I was like, holy cow, man. But I never didn't do what he did riding. Yeah. Like, never. Yeah. Never. Um, favorite race bike? Favorite race bike would be actually my first year of my Yamaha Troy. Yeah. Oh, three. Yeah. Oh, three. Loved that bike. That was my favorite bike. Right. Hated it in 04. I really hated it in uh, oh, uh, 05. 05. I wonder what why, why what changed, I wonder. I don't remember. Did they change well, it a lot? Well, you got to think everybody else. The the 450 uh, Yamahas wouldn't rev. So they came out when Kawasaki, and they got all theirs to rev a lot higher than ours. And every time you tried to get the Yamaha to rev hard, the number three intake valve would snap off, which is the reason my wrists don't move to this day. <laughs> so, or the carburetor would come off. Yeah, or the carb would yeah. fall off. Or this gear in the tranny would explode on you a hundred times. Yeah. You do know when I was on Yamaha Troy, I made my own fifth gear. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I, you my did. My first job was at a machine shop. So yeah. I went to the machine shop, got the material, made a fifth gear. And guess what happened to that fifth gear? Huh. They broke. <laughs> they all broke. Could wow. not keep them things from breaking. At the very last round, at, at at one point, when me and Tedesco were going at it, I let Tedesco around me because he had to finish between me and Mike Brown. And Jesse Man crashed. If it would have finished the way it was, I would have still won the championship. But guess what happened? Fifth gear broke. Fifth gear broke. <laughs> Went through the case. Mike Brown run over my leg. I thought I broke it, and there I go with oil blowing up through the stadium. Yeah, and uh, and I was injured and I had no training. Remember the te- the tethers we had on the carburetor to the to the cylinder head? Oh god! Yep. Dude. yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, those oh, little god. freaking 
yeah, wire thing. Right. We had all of that going on. It was a disaster at that time. It was bad. Um, I was going to say, what's your biggest regret? Maybe maybe not waiting for DeCoster to, to, to come back from Europe. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, there's not even a question. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish you could have been there when I was asking Moen, like, Sellers is coming here? Like, are you sure? Brock Sellers? Is there another Sellers? Brock <laughs> Sellers signed with KTF? Like, <laughs> I know. I just came off of, like, should have won oh, the dude. Super, led the Supercross yeah. until the last round. Yeah, you were dude. great. Yeah, on so Honda. Was like, yeah. That was a big thing to go to. Yeah. How was that KTM? I remember you rode the U.S. Open on a KTM 200. Remember that? Yeah. That was cool. That yeah. was one of the cool. That's probably hands down the coolest bike if I could ever – have kept one that bike should be priceless yeah because it was all handmade yeah it was cool yeah the pipe was made like a 250 pipe it was insanely fast it was lighter than a 125 and as fast as a 250 yeah that bike was just sick it was it was cool it was really cool and it was all custom and they 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 did everything for me on that bike. I, I I went at it with McGrath on that bike. I mean, I, that thing was legit. Yeah, that was that was a cool deal. I was there and we were building it, and it was it was a cool deal. Uh, remember the the Pocono KTM dealer meetings where we got thrown in jail, Ping and I. <laughs> that was good oh, times. Oh yeah, times. you know when we got those uh, participation plaques <laughs> yeah. and we were chucking them at seventy five miles an hour going yeah. down the Pocono Highway. <laughs> cops cops didn't really like that. They didn't think that was cool. <laughs> hey, with. Uh, us hanging out the windows and doing all this crap. How did we never notice some chick was stalking us? I don't know. Yeah, ten miles. I have no idea. I guess we were more intent on throwing everything we could at each other in moving cars. I don't know. Yeah, that was scary. Oh, good times. That was that was scary. I was thinking to myself, I'm so done here. I'm, oh, I'm so done. You guys, had, I, you guys all had to chip in for the bail. I think, if I remember right. We, we, they took every penny we had. We didn't even have a dollar left. We all chipped <laughs> in everything we had. And he's like, "Yep, that's the amount we need." And they, and we got out of the bail. <laughs> nice. So, I remember. Like the the cops came and like they interrogated us one by yeah, one. Yeah. And they pulled me back. I said, Listen guys, <laughs> none of us crack. Period. Yeah. I said, There's no way and they said, Well, the guys behind you said that you were hanging or the <laughs> other guy, which was Mike Williamson, yeah, was hanging out the window and you were going down the highway at excessive speeds. I said have you seen him? He's like 6'2". Yeah. How could he even get out the window? And who in the world would be crazy enough to hang out a window yeah. going down the highway right. in the cold? I'm like, that's, that's insane. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I played it off like, dude, yeah. we are so good. Uh, and then Knucklehead, I can't remember his name, the... Alex Ewing. Alex, Alex Ewing. Ewing. Yes. He's, uh, yeah, he started crying. And it was that was all downhill from there. Yeah, then <laughs> we're going to jail. One, oh, one rat ball. What well, good times! I remember. One rat ball cost us jail time. And it started. It started with us getting kicked off the go kart track. That started us. Dude, uh, yeah, the, all the go karts you could walk faster I know, than right? them things, and then the little generic bumper boats. That was like the worst kid park I had ever seen in my life. It wasn't like, good. They should pay you to not come. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Oh, so, we almost need to do a part two, Brock. This, yeah, this has been yeah, great. We got a – if I ever got into the stories of my flying days, that that's some uh, 
Yeah. That's some interesting like those are those are funny stories. That I, and I, I got some hunting stories that you know those are those are my top stories to tell uh, aside from racing cuz they're 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 probably a lot you know what's a cool uh, legacy for you, Brock, is uh, you've got race wins and, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. You've done things on a motorcycle that, you know, so many of us can just dream of. But I think the coolest legacy that you have is that literally everybody liked you. And when people talk about Brock Sellers, either being around you on the teams or, or being your buddy, we all laugh. Like the VW thing and everything that you got going on in your life. Like, that's a cool thing. Everybody loves Brock Sellers, and the time that you spent around the pro pits, I think, uh, were treasured by many people, you know? And I think that that's cool. So. Yeah, I had, when I was out in Idaho, Dan Bentley reach out to me, like, Brock Sellers, ah! he was there. And, yeah. you know, I, I see these guys that were around back then, and they just light up whenever they talk to me. And I know they don't get that hyper when they talk to someone else yeah. because I was always that clown <laughs> that was doing something. Doing something, always. When I was at the here's a quick story before yeah. we get off here. I'm sitting out at the Honda track. Okay, I just get off of a Washougal win, and uh, that's when I beat Ricky. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jason McCormick had this buddy that came out of the military that made these, like, illegal bombs. <laughs> okay. So I got M80s, M100s, m 2 and these things were the loudest things you've ever seen. So what do we do? I'm dumb enough to put them on my carry-on bag, somehow get them on the plane, get them to California. I'm out at the Honda track, and Cliff White and everybody always came. Like, Cliff would light up when he'd see me. They'd always come down and come hang out with me. So I had him and Bentley and and, – Oh, I forget uh, who all and all the all the Honda guys and yep. and it was I think Wyndham and Ezra and all them and Tortelli and we were all sitting there and I snuck out and I took one of those bombs and there was these because you know, it's Corona clay pit there's all yeah. these metal things around and there's this giant silo with this square in it I chucked this freaking bomb in this silo. And it sounded like I blew up Corona, California. <laughs> Out of this thing, like everybody, like, like yeah. trying to, like, like, oh my gosh, like hitting the dirt. <laughs> These owls that look like pterodactyls come out of this thing. Huge, gigantic <laughs> owls came out, flew over Cliff White's head, and took a shit right down the side of his head. <laughs> And you could hear a pin drop. Oh, you were like, my bad, my bad. And Al don't poop a little bit. Like, it was like a dump. Right. So it was white from his head (laughs) down to his shoulder, dripping down his arm. And everybody's quiet as it goes. You know what I did? (laughs) No, I don't know. I fell down laughing, crying. (laughs) I couldn't even stand up. And everybody was like, "Like, is he? He's, he's getting fired." I couldn't. And Cliff White, you couldn't stand. Started it laughing. He couldn't take it. Like he's like, right. "Look at this idiot! Like, who is this kid?" <laughs> and he started laughing. He saw that. He goes, "Hey, you're racing an XR80 this weekend." Just yeah, so yeah. You know. Yeah, just so you know, right? And he brushed it off. I did that to Cliff White, and that's, that's why amazing. me and him had a special relationship. Yeah. I invited him to my wedding. Did you really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He he's a, he's a good guy. But, but who would ever thought it? <laughs> Two giant owls were hanging out in a silo. No, nobody, nobody would have thought that. No, nobody. 
for that I had an illegal bomb on me. Who would have thought that? That was pre nine eleven for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was pre nine eleven. Yeah, that, that's not happening now. But uh, yes, this is all great. Oh, and by the way, I did get caught with those on my carry on bag and got interrogated by TSA, and they let me go. And the guy kept them and took them home because he was so pumped to take them. The TSA guy took them home, and I got away with it. <laughs> Because I forgot to take him out after that. Yeah. That oh, that's great. That's I just fantastic. screwed around so much, I just didn't care. Um, this has been great. Thank you, Brock, for doing this. We've been trying to do it for a while. I, I super appreciate it. Yeah, uh, no problem. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Great career uh, with Brock Sellers. Thanks for everything, man. I'm sure I'll see you down the road somewhere. Thanks, Brock. Sounds good. Later. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.